My handle is Jonathan Blade. Welcome to my podcast. So, if you were brought here by today's episode title, Super Dysmorphia, and you saw the thumbnail, and you're curious as to what Superman could have to do with dysmorphia, well, I will tell you. Let's start with a definition of dysmorphia. So, body dysmorphia, also known as body dysmorphic disorder, is a mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in appearance. The flaw may be minor or imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it. Dysmorphia can manifest in many ways. It can be anorexia, a very skinny person who cannot see themselves as a very skinny person. could be racial, somebody who is dark-complected, can never see their own beauty because society does not support the idea that dark-complected people are beautiful. It could be connected to height, the color of your eyes, the state of your teeth, any physical appearance. What I'm equating this to as it relates to Superman is kind of a social dysmorphia. Superman was created as a paragon, an ideal. What the ultimate form of humanity could be in moral character, in physical power, and we as a species, as a society, because we've eaten too much from the tree of knowledge, we can't conceive that this could possibly be a thing. Superman is our fantasy of unlimited agency, but in our real world, we can't imagine someone using that agency altruistically, without falling into authoritarianism, or someone using that agency altruistically and leading with their compassion while still being effective. And because of that, we have so many deconstructions of the character of Superman that are pervasive in our society. Now, the earliest one I can think of is probably something from the Superman books, but the earliest one that I can think of is Hyperion from Marvel Comics. Hyperion was a Superman analog created for the Avengers. It was the Justice League, basically. He was a member of the Justice League, uh, the Squadron Supreme, is what they were called, of an alternate universe that was brought into conflict with the Avengers, and Hyperion as a character persisted and has been used in many forms to make many different statements about Superman over the course of time. But, in my mind, that's where it started. And then as the deconstruction of these kinds of characters got popular, I remember many other analogs, mostly Marvel, coming to rise. Actually, I guess Image had it too. Everybody did their Superman analog in the 90s because everybody had their idea of what a deconstruction of Superman would look like. But... Image Comics, for instance, had Supreme, who was a 1940s-era ultra-conservative religious zealot, and his thing was that he murdered his enemies in the name of God. That interpretation of the character did not stick for a very long time. People didn't like that character, so Supreme was actually rebuilt by Alan Moore, I think it was, to be a Superman analog directly, celebrating the golden age of Superman with some stories that celebrated the golden age of Superman, and they were awesome. Alan Moore's Run on Supreme is one of my favorite books of all time. Check it out if you can. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, and then in the 90s, we had Mr. Majestic, who was another image character who was Superman. We had Icon, 
the black Superman. He was <laughs> also ultra-conservative, uh, very vested in respectability politics, same kind of origin, an alien, most powerful hero on his planet, but a black man, so he was... He had to be invested in a certain kind of presentation, which was the commentary of that situation. And then we get to more modern times, and we have Marvel's deconstructions of Superman in the form of the Sentry, who is Superman, if he's insane, and the way it started out, he was just Superman with a secret, and that secret was that he was his also his own archenemy. They both existed inside of him. And so every action he took in the world to make the world better, his alter ego would then take an equal action to destabilize the world, and they were both equally, infinitely powerful. Marvel never knew what to do with Supreme. I think he's still kind of around, and they kind of settled on the insanity part, which was not fully where that character started. They also presented, in that period of time, a little bit later, the Blue Marvel, Black Superman. Uh, Black Superman started his career, or... The Blue Marvel started his career in the 70s, I believe, or late 60s, and the Blue Marvel started his career as the most powerful man on the planet, but had to do it in a full, co uh, fully covered costume. He wore a helmet that covered his full face like Dr. Fate, so that nobody knew that he was the Black Superman. And I think after he was exposed as a black person, then this is all retconned, because he probably didn't appear until what, 2014, maybe 2017, fairly recently. But uh, when he was exposed as black, people were like, oh, no, it's a black Superman. Somebody save us from the black Negro Superman. And so he went into hiding in his, uh, I think, under the ocean fortress or whatever for 40 years and has only come back fairly recently in canon. But the idea, I think, that people are presenting there is that Superman can exist this all-powerful altruistic being can exist either because his humanity won't allow him to be the character that Superman is or because the world won't allow him to be the character that he is. The world interpretation is the Zack Schneider interpretation, I think. It's not that Superman is dour and morose in the Zack Schneider universe. It's that the world is shitty and Superman lives in this shitty world that his father told him would reject him because the world would reject him, did reject him, and so, yes, he created a character that was predicated by the world in which the character lived. Does Superman have to be that person under those circumstances? No, but he probably will be, and you have to remember that he still gave his everything for this world. He gave his life. Then we have the recent interpretation from the boys, the Homelander, who is a uh, xenophobic, patriotic, jingoistic, white supremacist Superman. I guess in the TV show, white supremacy is not really his thing. He just he doesn't care so much one way or the other. But he is fully self-involved and without the influence of the Kents, which is an angle they've shown with many Superman de deconstructions, without the middle American values being instilled in many, at an early age, this Superman grows up to be a sociopath. He was raised in a lab without love early on, and it... it made him into a sociopath. He has all this power and no moral agency to rein in that power. So he presents well to the world uh, as a media entity. Very few people know that, but yeah, he's a monster. Another recent take, Invincible. Superman presents as the greatest hero in the world, but really he is here to conquer Earth. I've seen that take 
and alternate takes in DC Comics, like Elseworld Supermans or whatever, but he was sent to Earth as an advanced representative of invasion. His people, the Viltrumites, invade planets. They send one person to do each invasion, or to lead each invasion, because that's all it takes. And he's incredibly powerful and murderous. And he's able to fool the people into thinking that he's good, but he's not. Because nobody can possibly be good and that powerful. I think is the philosophy there. Uh, another recent take, Jupiter's Legacy. In Jupiter's Legacy, the Superman is the utopian who has a set of values that he receives from having lived in the 1930s. And trying to use those in the modern world, he sees that his values are not the equal of the world that we live in. The world is shit. And so his he becomes fairly ineffectual because he has a deprecated set of values in a world uh, in which they no longer apply. And so these are the thoughts that our society has as a reflection of itself under these circumstances. We have this dysmorphia. We can't see ourselves as as moral beings. We can't see ourselves doing the right thing under the circumstances of the lives that we live. If, in fact, if anyone were to get the abilities and powers of Superman in the modern time, I would be fairly untrustworthy myself. Uh, we live in a, a world of options. It's easy not to adhere to a strict moral code. But it doesn't have to be that way. A Superman character is an ideal and it presents something to which we can aspire. So the society does not have to precede the Superman. The Superman precedes the betterment of society as the ideal. Now this has been presented fairly well before, but if you'd like to see a story that presents this ideal, there's an issue of Action Comics, issue 775, I believe, uh, from 2001, written by Joel Kelly, and it's called... What's so funny about truth, justice, in the American way? And in the story, it's Superman versus the elite. The elite represent the kind of heroes that came out of the 90s. They are going to change the world by force, becoming the authority, which is the set of characters that they're based on, for the world. The world's been given a chance to clean up its own act. It hasn't. Someone needs to take the reins and force the world into a better direction. And if that better direction is hewn through violence, uh, is hewn through authoritarianism, then so be it. That's the authority, that's the elite. And that is the immediate satisfaction of that kind of heroism. Coming out of the 90s, these characters were supposed to be more proactive and more effective because of it. And the question is, under those circumstances, can a character like Superman still be relevant in the modern world? That's the question the story asks. The answer is yes. By the structure of the story itself, the answer is yes. Even more effectively, this story is represented in one of my favorite projects from the DC animated universe, Superman vs. the Elite. The art style, not my favorite, but writing, it expands this story from Superman 775, or Action Comics 775, and really gives it some texture and context. And it's excellent. The answer is yes. The answer is you don't want a Superman to act like these characters, which we knew, but a Superman who acts in the interest of the greater good can still be a relatable person. 
that Superman has a family that he consults with in the story. He's like, Pa, I don't know what to do. These people want me to be a certain way, and I don't think that's the best way to be. And then at the end of the story, after the Elite has uh, almost killed him, he shows the Elite what it would be like if someone like Superman let go of any moral quandaries that he might have. He would be frightening, he would be terrifying. He's terrifying to the Elite, and he's terrifying to the world because their, their battle is broadcast purposely. The Elite wants to show their victory, and Superman wants to give the world an object lesson. And it's beautiful. Superman can be that way because we can be that way. It's just a choice. You don't have to see yourself as ugly. Like, you look in the world and you look at the ultimate power in the world, which is it's us, it's America. We're the ultimate power in the world. And we don't use our power as well as we could. And in fact, we do a lot of evil, but the potential to do good is there. Yes, we can do good things to create more consumers, which is usually the big reason for doing any good that we do in the world, to make the world stable so that we can sell more things and make more money. But that's not the only reason to do those things. All we need is somebody to show us the way, and in this case, it's Superman. Now, for you, it could be Jesus Christ, could be Allah, could be the Buddha, could be Martin Luther King, it could be Barack Obama, but there are examples that we can look to for an idea of what better looks like. We don't need to suffer from that dysmorphia. We don't have to be ugly because we're not. We're not intrinsically ugly. We are beautiful. And once we accept that and acknowledge that, then we can also accept that Superman is beautiful. Thanks for listening.